Well, that was awesome, y'all. Imagine if you were a Sunday school teacher and you got to hear that right before you taught. Wouldn't that be great? You know? Could you work on that, Tim? That would be great. I want you to, I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 in the New Testament. Galatians chapter 5. When you found chapter 5, uh, Mark verse 16 is where we're going to start this morning. And while you're turning there, let me just say thank you for... I really thank you to Dr. Mills for entrusting the, the pulpit to me, and uh, thank you, church, for giving me the opportunity. It's just great to be opening up the Word together with you, and uh, just the, the music ministry this morning really you know, helped prepare my heart. I, I really want to thank you all and for the way that you all prepare. Uh, but this is Galatians 5.16, and we're going to be looking at uh, verses 16 through about 25. Uh, you just got a bunch of gifts from Christmas, uh, I hope you did, and uh, unless you're uh, a mom or dad, and you kind of gave a lot, and then you uh, received a, a few, but that's okay, I'm kind of in that stage now, but that's all right, I, I love all the gifts that my kids get, you know, the joy on their faces, um, I was asking the kids this morning in uh, children's ministry, you know, what, did you get some surprise gifts, and somebody got a pink uh, guitar, Somebody else got a bow and arrow, and I said, I got some black socks. I've been hoping for those. <laughs> That's what we get excited about nowadays, isn't it, men? Black socks. They were wool. They were awesome. Thank you, Amy. God's given us a bunch of gifts. He's given us our bodies. He's given us our minds. He's given us friends. He's given us the world. And really, you know, creation is all about just discovering who God is and enjoying you know, what God has prepared for us. It's just a little taste of what, you know, the future is going to be in heaven, uh, the new created uh, earth, and all that God's going to pour out again, bring paradise back. I'm not here to talk about heaven, but I am here to talk about just gifts. One of the greatest gifts that we've ever had, I think sometimes we forget about it. It's a life-transforming, it's a powerful, encouraging gift. It's the gift that will kind of help us to, to keep everything in focus because a lot of times the gifts and talents and the experiences, uh, the world, sometimes they can be so distracting that we make the gift sort of in charge of us. We make the cars and the, and the possessions, our own, whatever we possess, our flesh begins to sort of control us. And instead, we want it the other way around. But before I tell you what that gift is, let's read Galatians 5, 16 and following. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, and drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. I chose this passage and I felt like it was an appropriate passage for, for me, first of all. It's what I need to hear. But it's what I, I think most Christians need to hear, especially this time of year. You know, the Christmas celebrations are ending and we're starting a new year. It's not a new resolution, you know. I want you to think of it like that. This should be the desire of every day of our lives. To be controlled and filled by the Holy Spirit of God. He is the gift. When Jesus came down and he taught and he went to the cross. And then he was raised up. He was raised up by the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he said, I'm going to leave you with somebody. He's going to do everything that I need him to do. He's going to be all that you need. You know, Emmanuel is what? God with. Holy Spirit is like God in us. And so we have the Holy Spirit of God at the moment of salvation. Just for proof of that, you don't need to turn there. But let me just read a quick little um, proof of the Holy Spirit coming with salvation. Ephesians 1.13 says, In Him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance. So I see it basically like, like this. The moment of your salvation, you have forgiveness of sins, eternity, but you also have the Holy Spirit of God. And a lot of times we just don't even think about it. We just go about our day. And over time, the desires of the flesh, they creep in. We don't even know it. We just give them a little bit of control here. We listen to them a little bit too much. We feed our flesh and, and the desires of the world a little bit too much. And by the end of the day or the end of the week or maybe the month, or, you know, it depends on the person and their faith. That person is being led by the Holy Spirit of God, excuse me, by the, the flesh. And it should be backwards. So if you're looking again at your passage here, the key verse to all of this for me is verse 16. So read that again with, with me. You silently. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Think about that. Anybody have some, some struggles from time to time with the flesh? I have it every single day. Let me give you a little scenario of how my day went this morning. Preparing for preaching. Those of you who have done that before, you'll know sort of how this is. Or even teaching. Or, you know, just being in front of people and trying to deliver something godly. There's two different scenarios going on in my heart and mind. One is this. Jonathan, you are going to impress those people. They're going to love you. And that's pride, right? Now, there's another part of my flesh saying something else. Jonathan, you are going to be terrible and they're going to hate you. And so both of those are going on. There's fear and worry. That's of the flesh. Then there's pride. That's of the flesh. Neither one of those is something I want to be involved in. So I'm just kind of battling it. And that's what the Bible says here, that the spirit and the flesh, they're in opposition. The flesh doesn't care who you are, how great you are, what day you had. The flesh just wants to be fed. You know, you think about it. The flesh is, a, a, a picture of the flesh to me is, is that voice in your head that wakes up and you get up in the morning and, you know, things aren't going that great. And the flesh says, look, on the way to work, why don't you just get a whole carton of donuts? That will be okay. You need it. You deserve it. You've had a hard morning. 
That's not the Holy Spirit of God talking. <laughs> it may feel like that once you get that sugar rush, you know. But it's not the Holy Spirit of God. It's something else. It's the flesh, the desires of the flesh. And so we've got this just key, key verse just right out of the blocks here. Walk by the Spirit. You, won't, um, you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. But then you go to verse 17. And this is the war that we have, okay? The flesh sets its desire against the Spirit. So just like there's a spiritual warfare going on all the time, you know, something we can't see, angels and demons and God against Satan, there's also an internal warfare going on, isn't there? The flesh and the Spirit, the flesh and the Spirit. Even when it looks like, you know, I've got an opportunity to do something great and good for God, there's oftentimes pride and envy and so many other desires that are just competing with the Holy Spirit of God. And who's going to win? How do we win that battle? That's what this passage is all about. Jesus had said one time, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And that's kind of where you begin to start your day, trying to be filled with the Spirit. It's seek first the, the kingdom of God. Because we've got all of these things that we're worried about. We've got, you know, finances. We've got the future. We've got our kids, our grandkids. Students, you're worried about your parents and, you know, what they're thinking. And, uh, you know, college and, gosh, everything. All of these competing thoughts are going on. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things, they'll be added unto you. Basically, let God take care of those things as you seek him first. That's part of what it is to be filled with the Spirit but I want you to see here in verse 17, the flesh, it's in opposition. It's setting its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit's doing the same thing. The Spirit is against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. I think we're kind of confused a lot of times about Christianity. We get saved, we get excited, and we begin to hear sermons, and we read the Bible, and and we go to Sunday school and we begin to try out our faith and spread our wings and grow our faith. And we think to ourselves, you know, I've got to do just so many things. I've got to do them right. I've been watching this one commercial on the internet. Uh, it's this guy and he's, when he was a kid, people said, you're never going to make it. And he said, but I showed them all wrong. I just tried and I tried and I tried and and, he, and, and when he's doing this commercial, he's missing the football. He's an NFL pro, but towards the end of the commercial, he starts doing more. He said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not trying harder. I've just decided to do more. That's the opposite of the Bible. That is the exact opposite. Try harder. That is not the Christian life. Do more is not the Christian life. It's the exact opposite. It's be more filled with somebody else who will try harder for you, who will do more for you. See, a lot of times we just want to, you know, God, I just want to do everything for you. And I, I want to do this for you and I want to love you and serve you. But we do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to do a little test here. Are you ready, Kirk? So this is me, quote unquote, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you hear me back there up in the balcony? Those who are taking... Notes and playing Scrabble? You got it? Okay. <laughs> now, how about now? Can you hear me now? Can you all hear me back there? Raise your hand if you can hear me in the balcony. Pretty good. 
If you're a girl on the balcony, can you raise your hand? Okay, one, can you hear me? Dr. Sims, if you can hear me, raise your hand. Okay. It's a little bit different, isn't it? This is me, you know, with the power of the mic, with the power of the sound system. When the mic's turned off, it's a little bit harder to hear. You have to be a little bit more focused. You might kind of, you know, lean forward a little bit. That's what it's like to be either filled with the Spirit or filled with the flesh. You're just trying to do the best you can. And let's see what we can accomplish with that. If you'll go a little further in verse 19. Let's see how that works for us, okay? Verse 19 says, Now, the deeds of the flesh, and think of it like this, the results of the flesh. If the flesh is in control, you know, the desires of the flesh, this is what the, the worst case scenario, I would call it. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. In my mind, things like these is every stupid, evil thing that I can kind of come up with that's not on this list. So you've got all these, this list here and things like these. Add to things like these worry and fear and hopelessness and uh, loneliness. You know, things like this. What I can do with the, my best effort. Don't raise your hand, but who here this morning has been living this year just by their own best effort? As a Christian, I'm saying. Not as an unbeliever, but as a believer saying, you know what? I'm going to just do the best I can this year. I've got, you know, limited talents, gifts, abilities, and strengths and weaknesses. But I'm going to give it a, just a great shot. I'm going to give God my best shot. He really doesn't want it that way. He wants you to give Him the best shot. He wants you to give Him your life so He can live through you. I look at it like this. As the Holy Spirit's in control of me, I am at my best. If I am in control... There's just so much, so far I can get to. Now, the flesh, if you think about it, when it speaks to us, there are some times we need to listen. Jonathan, you're hungry. Jonathan, you're thirsty. Your hand's on a hot stove. You know, things like that. The flesh has its benefits. We do need to listen to it. There's danger, you know. There's an approaching car. Get out of the way. I don't need to think, now is that the flesh or is that the spirit? You know, it's not an indication. And we're not talking about that. But it's that, that choice inside of you. Or am I going to be led by the Spirit? Or am I going to be led by the flesh? As you look further down this list here, you've got another opportunity. And that's verse 22. Okay? So you've got immorality and you've got envy and you've got pride. You've got worry, stress hopelessness, you know, outburst of anger. Anybody, is that kind of hitting anybody's kitchen? It, this, this rings my bell when I read it, at least one or two or three, you know. I feel like if I'm honest with you, I've, you know, practically struggled with all of these, at least mentally, emotionally. And so this list, I believe it kind of hits all of us. But here's the opportunity, not to do better, not to try harder, 
but to have a different power working through you. Not your best power, not some you know, other power that's in the world, not some medicine or drug or some you know, philosophy, some worldly wisdom, something that you might get on a talk show or some magazine. Those are all natural things, aren't they? And they have their place. But we're talking about supernatural. We have the Holy Spirit, the supernatural God of the universe decided to dwell in us and a lot of times we don't take advantage of that. We don't take that opportunity. But if we would, here's what might happen. Here's what will happen. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, the results of the Spirit, the Spirit's in control, here's definitely what's going to happen. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I'm going to read that list again. And to see if this is something that you need in your life. Love. Do you need to be a more loving person? Joy. Have you been robbed of your joy recently? Well, your flesh is not really going to do Your flesh is going to tempt you with joy, isn't it? But what you get a lot of times is a momentary happiness. Not a deep, abiding, just confidence and just a thrill that you're alive and in, and in Christ's relationship. That's what joy is. Love, joy, Peace. Is there peace in your heart? Patience. Do you consider yourself a patient person? Do you hear yourself saying that sometimes? I'm just not a patient person. That's okay. You, in your flesh, that's not what God is uh, asking for. He's asking for you directed, led, walking, filled, controlled by the Holy Spirit. Because He is loving, joyful, peaceful, patience, kind, good, gentle, faithful, and self-control. You have Him living through you if you're controlled by Him. Here's something that I didn't get when I was growing up, and I read this in college one time. And we did a Bible study, me and a couple of other guys, and we did a study on Galatians 5.22. And we said, what is love? And here, we should just be more loving. And here's some ways to be more loving. What is joy? And here's how to be more joyful. What is patience? And on and on and on. And I was trying to be loving and joyful and produce all these fruits on my own. Have you ever tried to do that? In fact, I think we try to do this more often than we're led by the Spirit. We don't even know we're doing it. We get up in the morning. Maybe we even read a quiet time. And in the power of self, in the strength of whatever we possess, we try to live out a joyful, serving, obedient life. And it cannot be done. This is the only way it can be done. By the fruit of the Spirit. Imagine a lemon tree. And the lemon tree is trying to produce an apple. Right? And it's just, oh! Soaking up the sun. Digging down deep into the dirt. Can a lemon tree produce an apple tree? It's impossible. It's the same thing with us. We can't produce these fruits unless we're directed controlled led walking in the holy spirit the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control think about the opposite of these fruits and here's what you're getting apart from being held by, uh, filled by the holy spirit what's the opposite of love hate what's the opposite of joy you know joylessness 
It's the opposite of peace, not having any calm, any serenity. Maybe even between you and another person, there's dissension. What's the opposite of patience? Impatience. It's the opposite of kindness, maybe cruelty or thoughtlessness. Opposite of goodness? Don't say badness, I don't think it's a word. Evil. Faithfulness or faithlessness? Gentleness or a little bit coming on too strong, too offensive? Self-control? You see, this is the interesting one in here. Even to be self-controlled takes the Holy Spirit's control. We can't even be self-controlled. You know, we tell our kids that sometimes. Control yourself. You need to be self-controlled. They really can't do it well without the Holy Spirit's control. So even when we're trying to do the best we can for the Lord, today, Lord, I'm going to get up, I'm going to praise you, I'm going to be obedient, I'm going to be a great person. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to try hard. I'm going to even do different things, do more things. And I think God is just saying, why don't you let me do it for you? That's what I died on the cross for, not just to save you and give you eternal life and forgiveness, but to give you the power to live what I ask you to do. So God asks us to do these things, all right? Sometimes I look at the Bible and say, man, that's impossible. How am I going to do that? And I say, well, I'll try. I'll, I'll give it my best shot, God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But then I don't really let Christ strengthen me. I just do it on my best strength. Haven't we got that backwards? Aren't we a little bit confused there? Don't try harder. Don't do more. Do like John the Baptist. Remember John? People were coming to him. And they said, John, one day a Jew came up to him. There was a purification discussion. And they said, John... These people that you're baptizing, that's great. But now a lot of people are going to Jesus and getting baptized. What do you think about that, John? John said, you know what? He's the groom. I'm the friend of the groom. I'm excited about him. In fact, now that he's come, my joy is complete. It's full. He must increase and I must decrease. And I believe that is a great picture of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Or at least setting yourself up to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's get into some practical things now that we've kind of nailed down what this, you know, what this problem is that we have and what the remedy is. If you look at verse 24, the Bible says, Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Which I take to mean this, Jonathan. Remember that you belong to the supernatural, loving, died-on-the-cross person of the world. Don't ever forget that. He's in your corner. He wants to be in your heart, ruling and reigning. Don't try to attempt the Christian life apart from Christ. Isn't that just crazy? But we do it every day. We attempt the Christian life apart from Christ and His Holy Spirit. And so I believe this is a reminder to us. The first start of being filled with the Holy Spirit is to remember who you are and whose you are. That your identity is hidden in Christ. You belong to Him. In fact, even He says, the flesh with its passions and desires has been crucified. Jesus was crucified and He wanted to take our sins with us. Our passions, our desires. But yet we know they're still there. 
In a way, the, the war has been won, right? The victory is ours, but there's battles every day. The flesh, opposition to the Spirit. So I think this is where we start. Remember who we are. Remember the power of God behind us and that we need His power. and We can't do it on our own. Then here's what I would suggest to you as well. Just like a fire needs logs, it needs oxygen, the Holy Spirit thrives on the Word and prayer. You remember John? John's Gospel? Around about verse 16 through 19, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says that the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He's going to take the Word and illuminate it to you. And so, what can the Holy Spirit work with that you don't have? Not much. If it's just a, you know, 1972 John 3.16 memory verse that you have tucked in your head somewhere, and that's all that you have to offer the Holy Spirit, that's good. But there's so much more that you could give the Holy Spirit to work with. I say give Him a whole, you know, book full of things to work with so that when He uses what you've already memorized, you've already heard, you've already thought about. This is where Scripture memory is so important. It's not just so we can bring kids up and say, oh, great, we have a great ministry, a want ministry. Or, you know, it's not so we can just say, hey, I've got these, all these Scripture memorized. It's to hide them in our heart. And as David the psalmist says, so that I might not, what? Sin against God. Give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Add another log to the fire. I used to do this when I was in college, and I kind of got out of the habit. I want to get back into it. And that is to uh, occasionally write down a verse of Scripture on a three-by-five card. Put it in my wallet. Put it in my pocket. Well, nowadays, we have smartphones and different you know, devices and the iPad, iPod, iPad, iPod. Stick it in there. I've just recently, I'm trying to learn the books of the Bible, okay? The Old Testament again. Make sure I've got them. I took a picture because I didn't know how else to do it. Of, uh, of, of the written Old Testament, okay? And I just psh, took a picture. It's right here on my screensaver. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First. Se- Could you not do that with a verse of Scripture? Are you using the world's creation to help you be led by the Holy Spirit? It's a great tool you might have in your pocket every day. Now imagine this scenario, okay? You get up, you've had your coffee, you're going to work. And the water cooler begins, the conversation, or maybe you're, with, you're at school, and the, the, the talk begins to talk, and the temptations come. What are you going to do to be led by the Spirit in that case? Because if you're like me, I don't just kind of read the Scriptures in the morning or at night, and that's good the rest of the day. That doesn't really uh, nourish me all day long. I've got to be continually fighting against my flesh. I would encourage you to do this. Take a break. Go to the bathroom. Uh, if you're in the car on the next, you know, it, on the way to something, turn on some, some Christian music. Get God's Word in your heart again so that it's flowing through you all the day long. Adding logs, adding logs to that fire. Give the Holy Spirit something to work with. It may be something written down in your pocket. Hopefully you're writing it down in your heart, in your mind. Maybe you've got it in your phone. Maybe you take the time between you know, um, lunch or something like that, to get rejuvenated again. Check yourself throughout the day. How's my, how am I doing? Am I uh, evidence, is, are, are the, the deeds of the flesh coming out more? Or are the fruits of the Spirit? 
That's how you know who's being led, who is leading you. Check out the fruit in your life every day, every hour. I found out that I need the Holy Spirit. I need to submit and surrender myself to Him just a thousand times throughout the day if I'm really going to be led by the Spirit. I don't get to just you know, spend some great, long, quiet time, and that's just good for a, a week or two. I've got to be fighting. He says, walk in the Spirit. If you look at verse 25, and we're getting toward the end here. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Don't think of yourself as a cup waiting to be filled. Think of yourself as a pitcher of water, you know, and you need the Holy Spirit's water. And you go and you fill up with Him. You go and you offer yourself, you present yourself as a living sacrifice. God, fill me up. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to come in and say, I'm like I said, knock on this. It doesn't work that way. Knock, knock, knock. I want to get in. I want to, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just dominate right now. I'm going to just fill you up. You don't got to do anything. I don't believe the Holy Spirit works like that. He's like a gentleman. He waits on us. Now, he may prompt us. He may put things in our life. But he's waiting for us to say, you know what? I want to be filled. I need to be controlled. I need to be led. That's why this command is here. Let us also Walk by the Spirit. Here's the results. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Let me kind of paint a picture as we kind of close up here. What would this look like if this year, 2015, you were 20% more filled with the Holy Spirit? 30%. 50 What would it look like in your home? In your marriage? What would it look like when you're at home and the kids are experiencing you? Are they going to see you led by the flesh or led by the Spirit? What about your business associates and your classmates and your friends? Are they going to be able to see Jesus because you're filled with the Holy Spirit? Are they going to see some religious Pharisee just doing their best to live by the law, trying harder, doing more, and failing miserably? Let me give you that vision. You can live by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. He's inside of you. He wants to live through you, but He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to begin to walk day by day, to give Him some of the Word, to come to Him in prayer throughout the day. I encourage you to pray for the Holy Spirit to lead you and fill you and control you every day, several times throughout the day. Maybe as you stop and you say, God, I thank you for this meal and for this day and as you're blessing the food, ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit. Why waste that time? That's the, the kind of person that I want to be in 2015. Not just loving for myself, joyful for myself, peaceful for myself, patient. Because if I got the Holy Spirit controlling me and leading me, those fruits are going to bless other people as well. My wife is going to experience more love in her life as I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. My kids are going to experience more joy and patience, they need a little bit more patience from dad if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. The people that I work with, well, what if they saw self-control as chaos erupts in one day? It's not going to be self-control coming from me. It's going to be self-control, a fruit of the Spirit. Let me end by saying this. All of these things that we talked about, walking by the Spirit, 
being led by the Spirit, that great transforming power. It's only for those who belong to Jesus Christ. And so if you've lived a life where you've just tried to do your best, but you haven't lived with the transforming power of Jesus Christ in your life, that's what you need to do today. Let me invite you to do that. Let me invite you to do it wherever you are, before your head hits the pillow tonight. Talk to God. Admit you're a sinner. Trust in Him completely that He is the Son of God, that He's the Savior, and ask Him to be the Lord of your life. For us as believers, let me encourage you, do not waste 2015 trying to get slimmer or prettier or more handsome or richer. All those things, let them be a fruit of the Holy Spirit leading your life, controlling your life. As you submit and you surrender a thousand times every day, the flesh is going to be against you. It's never going to let up until Christ comes and he dominates all things. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to turn it over to Tim and everything. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will just convict us of the truth that we need to be led and be walking by the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to know when we are walking in the flesh, when we're led by the flesh. Help us to know that your power is much better than anything we can come up with. God, remind us. Help us to, to let the Holy Spirit take control to be at our best finally as he is working through us. And I pray this for all of us. Give us good reminders this week to be led by the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we respond to him. Thank you.